I was able to watch almost all of the coverage of the Waste Management Phoenix Open, and it did not disappoint. I'm sorry, it's the WM Phoenix Open, and it did not disappoint. Welcome to this episode of the Minnesota Left-Handers Podcast. There's a lot to talk about uh, from the weekend that was in golf. Uh, You've got Phil Mickelson, you've got Charlie Hoffman, um, you know, but, and and so much happened at, at, the Phoenix Open in in Scottsdale that I'm going to spend a lot of time sort of on that, sprinkling in a little bit of of the the Phil Mickelson angle and the the Charlie Hoffman angle as well. You know, at a time when the shiny new toy was coming onto the scene here uh, with with the SGL, the tour did a lot to highlight its product. It seems that the Super Golf League, the SGL, is sort of Buzz Lightyear on on Andy's birthday. You know, Woody starts to get tossed aside. the, the, all the other all the other toys are interested in Buzz Lightyear. What's it going to be? Everything and everything that the PGA Tour is just as just as Woody was, sort of is is all of its warts are coming out. You know, it, it's stale. The same courses, the same format, the money, blah 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 blah. Right? We've we've heard all about this. Phil Mickelson last week was was quite vocal about that. Um, and Greg Norman is going to, you know, have different formats. He's going to have shortened events. He's going to, it's, it's going to be fresh. It's going to be new. Before the tour, Scottsdale came at just the right time. Um, I really only get to watch well, all weekend golf events at the Masters now. I mean, I just, there's no time for me. I, otherwise, I, I sit down and I watch the Masters. But besides that, I don't really watch, you know, full weekends. I check in a lot. But something about this tournament this weekend really caught my full attention. I mean, I know what it is. I know it's the big party week. I know I know all these things. Um, I also have this sort of newfound affinity for, for Arizona, I suppose. But um, just something about it caught my attention more than ever. Uh, and, I, and I just had to watch, and I, I'm, I'm so glad that I did. Um, like I said, it couldn't have come at a better time for uh, the tour, given the, the surging story of the Super Golf League, um, which, which brings me to the title of my episode. In the ultimate twist of irony, the Phoenix Open is the PGA Tour's retort to Scottsdale's native son. This, of course, is a reference to Phil Mickelson, who uh, had a lot to say last week about the PGA Tour and its, quote-unquote, obnoxious greed, right? You know, the the quotes are out there. You can definitely find those stories. It seems that Phil is using this Saudi Golf League, you know, and everything that it can be as, like, leverage for the Tour to try to get more or something. I don't know, but it doesn't feel like it's... what he wants like he's like he's got this opportunity maybe that we we don't even know yet um but he's going to use this this potential as leverage against the tour and i don't know if the tour's gonna care all he's really doing is alienating himself um but it it kind of served like as another layer of well let's point out the flaws of the tour and then scottsdale came around and then the waste management phoenix open came around the big party um the event that did more to grow the game, I think, than than many of their other efforts have. And we can look specifically at what grow the game means. And I think this this had, that might have been the unintentional result, but it really, seriously, I did. I'm going to make an argument for, for why this event grew the game. 
um, and and why I've given this this episode this title of the ultimate twist of irony is because much of Mickelson's legacy ties back to Arizona State. Um, you know, he redesigned the Thunderbird Golf Complex at Papago, the newish course for the Sun Devil Golf Team. Um, Phil's Grill is the name for the restaurant at Greyhawk. The Phoenix area has been good to Phil, and he's been good for the Phoenix area. I think this is one of only a few, uh, or he's really one of only a few people, maybe maybe five or less, maybe even three people, who have won the Phoenix Open three times. He lived there for a long time. He grew up there between there and San Diego. Um, he might even still have that Greyhawk logo on his bag. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but interestingly, not only was he conspicuously missing from the tournament this week, but the events that occurred were the perfect retort to his complaints. The perfect, like, nah, Phil, we're fun. It's fun. Players want to be here. Fans want to be here. We've got a good experience. We, we create a good experience for, for both sides. Um, so as the possibility of the SGL burns white hot, the angle that he took to criticize the tour, albeit definitely different than Charlie Hoffman's, but again, that's a different story and a, and a different layer, uh, were swiftly responded to this weekend. Tour events can be an absolute blast. I get that my argument here is not a direct response to his complaints about like the financials, but that was just another reason to rip the tour. I feel like that was just another piece for him. That was just another angle um, as this new upstart league gains steam. And I don't know if he tries to use leverage or, or what he's trying to do. But this weekend, the tour said no and, and, and gave the players and fans many, many reasons to stick by their side. This weekend, golf was fun. Golf was everything the tour, quote unquote, gets wrong. They, they did everything right. Uh, this was a response to to everything, all of the warts that have come out about the tour. Uh, yes, this weekend did enough to grow the game. Uh, that That is an argument that I'm going to lay out for you here. Uh, the tour did enough this weekend to grow the game, which is a stupid phrase. It's just a tagline that turned out to be more, more self-serving and, and feigned altruism. I mean, it, it's like a phrase that, we say that we know, you know, ties back to golf, but they're not doing anything to grow the game. They they gave Phil Mickelson eight million dollars for the pip. That doesn't do anything. Like let's let's just make the rich get richer. Phil, he's got a little bit of a social media presence, but it's not enough. And I just really think they could do things so much differently. And this is one of those ways. Brandel Chambly said it best. Here, uh, in one of the one of the pregames, and kind of how he how he presented presented the game. As I said um, last night, you know, I Riggs and Barstool love this, but I, I meant it in a way. This is not old school; it's Barstool. And what I mean by that is, the game of golf has been accused of being staid and traditional, but the game, you know, some of those players, you know, the the, the, the baby boomers, they're going to age out. And you need to sort of bow a little bit and tip your cap to a younger generation. And that's a, that's a cap on backwards, shirt untucked, music thumping, maybe a vape. Who knows? But they play golf. <laughs> but it's a different. And if you ignore that crowd, then you're really not paying attention to what it means to grow the game. I hear people say grow the game. But really, if you're looking for ways to get kids and families out together, you probably need to have time within your club, maybe once a week, where you let music 
play. You don't care about cell phones. You untuck the shirt. You and I don't think Brandel's wrong here. I mean, like I said earlier in the episode, golf doesn't have to be stuffy. It can be, you know, the bachelor party, the the birthday event, uh, the invitation to a professional round at the TPC Scottsdale that gets you into the game of golf. It's okay. It's again, we talk about girl game and it just being a silly phrase, um, but this is growing the game too. Look, Saturday is the best day of the week at the WM. The 16th is obviously nuts, and CBS owned that this year, and it was great to see. During coverage, even before Sam Ryder's hole-in-one, we saw a new addition to coverage. Amanda Balionis and Colt Nost were seated next to the tee at 16. As a result, they got real-time, in-the-moment reactions from players, and it was the most entertaining aspect of the weekend. I loved it. 16 is 16, and it's easy to take a chance because that's the vibe of that hole. I mean, I mean, for CBS to take a chance and, and put, you know, re- reporters there, it's just the vibe of the whole of the weekend. Um, it's just kind of w- what it asks, but I don't necessarily see that as something that needs to be put to bed until next year at the WM Phoenix open. I say use it more often. It's maybe the most innovative thing I've seen in a long time. I- I'm not saying that you need to ask for player reactions necessarily, but to have, a voice on the ground, feet away, and if they want to come over, great. You know, the players, that, that that's cool. But I, I think that having that option is, is a really cool thing for CBS to do. And even if it's just one day on the weekend or something, I, I, I get maybe why you wouldn't want to do that on Sunday. And I don't know what, what we'll see. That was just the vibe of the thing, um, you know, this weekend. And that's, that's what we have. But um, I, I just hope that they don't put that to bed until next year because it's a really cool thing. Then then came Sam Ryder. He hits this hole-in-one, and the fans tossed all kinds of beers on the green, right? Cringy at first, sure, but that's just our deep-seated golf tradition value seeping through. I think as I, as I thought about it longer, I thought, you know what? This is awesome. Not everything needs to be stuffy. Those images, as they showed up on social media, will be intriguing for non-golfers. It doesn't have to be sort of this stuffy golf elitist old person game that that old men fall asleep to in the afternoons seriously it, it can be that um talk to golf addicts like the game itself rules and all is enough to attract people it's those of us who get it we get it because we started get people interested get people there get people to try what I would find interesting is how many people, because they went to this tournament because their friends did or maybe they, you know, they never golfed or whatever, uh, um, how many of them are going to start playing now, you know, are going to take a chance at some bachelor party round of golf or something. And then from there, you know, it's the, a love of the game just jumpstarts. I don't know, but it started from the energy at Scottsdale, at TPC Scottsdale, at the Phoenix Open. It's, it's that sort of thing that I think is awesome. I love a round where I try to score. I do everything right. Maybe it's, you know, even like some competition, a league round or or whatever the case might be. But those those bachelor party type rounds are fine. Those are the ones that can get people interested in the game. You know, if we thought that beer beers on the green after a hole in one were cringy, how about this from Charlie Hoffman? After a, a rules infraction on 
Saturday, sorry, on Friday, he he took to Instagram and and had this to say. What a joke at USGA at PGA Tour. Today on the 13th hole, I hit my drive in the water and took a drop on the side of a hill that no grass, he wrote. I'm assuming he means that had no grass. Dropped twice, then placed a small placed on a small tuft of grass, turned around, the ball started rolling into the water. I was under the impression that the USGA that the at USGA, so he tagged him again, had changed that rule. I was wrong. Had to take another penalty for doing nothing wrong at all. Did everything by the book. It's still mind-blowing that a group of amateurs ruled the professional game of golf. I also blame the at PGA Tour rules officials for putting out a, out a terrible penalty, penalty area line where this could even happen. No accountability on any level here. No protection for the players at all. You wonder why guys are wanting to jump ship and go play on another tour. Players need transparency, protection, and consistency. We don't have that under the current governing bodies. And then I think he actually went on to tag like all kinds of of different people. Yeah, he went on to, after saying, you know, we don't have that under the current governing bodies, he, he tagged Golf Channel, Golf Digest, DP World Tour, Saudi International Golf, Barstool, Riggs, ESPN, Fox Sports, CBS Sports, NBC Sports. And then he followed it up with, sorry, Jay, we need to do better at all levels of the at PGA Tour, including myself who represent the players on the board of the tour. If we don't, we won't have a tour any longer. Hopefully there will be a change soon. So it's just another angle of, of somebody trying to leverage. I mean, you can dig into to what exactly happened. And it, I don't know if, if there should be rules in fact or what. Like, But my problem here is that he's trying to leverage his rules infraction with the Saudi tour. Again, it's just another layer, another angle that I don't know what what they're trying to prove. He and, you know, like Phil take another angle. I just don't get it. I don't understand why they think that because this tour that they don't want to play on. They can't. I can't imagine that they want to play on this tour. Um, they're trying to use that as leverage against the PGA tour. The PGA tour doesn't care. Let's let's take a look at the Saudi tour for just half a second. Who are the names that are rumored? So far, Lee Westwood has signed an NDA. I've heard rumors of of Ian Poulter, maybe Henrik Stenson. Let's call it Phil. You know, maybe he's got an offer and he's trying to leverage it. And then let's call it Charlie Hoffman. He's got, you know, he's considering it maybe. That's not riveting. That's not entertaining. That's not bringing eyeballs. Sorry, Charlie Hoffman. It's just not. Um, it's just weird. And to say, to try to like say or insinuate at all that things would be better on the Saudi tour, why? How do you know? The the head of rules over there is Slugger White, the same guy who's been in charge of the PJ tour for years. It, it's not going to be any different. And the product over there, if it's you, Charlie, Phil, Ian Poulter, Lee Westwood, I'm sorry, it's just not, it's not bringing eyeballs. In, in, bad attempt at leverage, man. It's just not working. I suppose the only other complaint I have, I'm not even really sure it's a complaint, um, but it's it's a little bit of a complaint. And, and they they did some really cool things. I love, like I said, I loved having... Uh, Amanda Balionis and Colton Ostan on the 16th tee. That was awesome. Uh, but on Sunday, to 
keep the spotlight on Brooks as he just sort of faltered in the middle of the round there. And someone like Max Homa getting within two and honestly never seeing him on the broadcast. And I watched almost the whole thing. I, I don't recall seeing any Max Homa. And he was within two at one point, and he was just like a few holes ahead, and we never saw him. That is frustrating because he's not in a marquee group, because he's not you know playing with the leaders. Like Brooks was back down to like 11 under at one point while, while Max was sitting at 12. He had just bogeyed from 13 to fall back to 12 with like, I think it was like 15, 16, 17, 18 to go. I mean, he was he was right there. He played those last four holes on Saturday in something like he finished like with four birdies in the last five or something. So it was, he had a chance. He had an opportunity and we never saw him. That's the kind of stuff that I find so frustrating. It's almost like kind of like that Sam Ryder hole in one that we never saw live. All we saw was sort of a, eclipse package of some sort uh we saw the the celebration but we had to go back to seeing the the shot we never saw live so it's like just making sure that that they consider that stuff just because guys are out front if they're making a run put them on the air that's that's the kind of stuff that we want to see especially for a guy like max homa who lives there i'm sure he had the crowd pulling for him and he's kind of like the most relatable guy on tour or one of the more relatable guys on tour. He's made a name for himself in that way um, with his, with his social media banter. So just a small gripe I have, I guess with, with the coverage on Sunday, but overall um, a, a, a pretty good job by CBS. This was a fun tournament. I really enjoyed sitting down to watch it. I've already been in contact with a, with a buddy about trying to get down there next year. Uh, the Super Bowl's in Glendale next year. My gosh, it's just going to be a madness in the Phoenix area. Um, we probably had to get tickets yesterday, Airbnbs yesterday, just to make sure that we have a place to stay. Looking forward to Riviera this week. Reports are that Sahith Tagala is already there and uh, playing in pro-ams and everything. He he made the, the seven-and-a-half-hour drive yesterday. So um should be another good week. I hope the guy has enough steam and, and can make another run, maybe give himself another chance. Uh, but what a cool opportunity to have two tournaments like this back-to-back. Before I wrap up, um, as always, this podcast and this account were created to raise awareness for the Minnesota Lefty Open uh, first and foremost, I like talking about golf. I like watching golf. It gives me a reason to, um, you know, keep an interest in something that I enjoy very, very much. Uh, but again, first and foremost, the Lefty Open. Look for more updates across my social media now. Since we've we've made the turn, we're into February. I'm, we're on the backside of winter. Spring is is closer. Um, you know, we're more than halfway there. We're 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 getting close. And so, yeah, keep an eye on all of your Instagram channels for more information about that. If you'd like to get on an email list or um, see the flyer, that's on that's pinned on my social media. Um, but to get on that email list, shoot me an email to mnlefthanders at gmail.com. I'll get you on the email list with monthly updates. Uh, right now they're monthly, uh, the end of end of February. Come, come March, you probably start to see a little bit, maybe more biweekly. Um, just to kind of get some interest in, and, and get people signed up. Um, the goal is to have more people than we did last year. So if you are a lefty or you know someone who is a lefty and who might be interested in playing, get them on that list. Uh, we'd love to have you out. New faces are always good. Thanks for listening and check back soon for more episodes.